Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. There is a story for everyone here because every story matters. Welcome everyone to the Storybox. This is the place to be if you are a lover of stories, learning new and interesting things, and if you want to grow abundantly. My name is Jay Phantom, and I believe it's my purpose to help you realize your worth and become the greatest and best version of you possible. I am grateful that you're here today. Now let's journey into the Storybox together and hear more about whose story will be unboxed today. Fear is just a four-letter word. And my goodness, my friends, was this a powerful conversation. It's a little bit shorter than my usual conversations, but nonetheless, it is still very powerful and it packs a punch and it gives you an incredible challenge nonetheless, plus so much great wisdom and advice. My guest today is the first and only female real estate agent on the hit TV franchise, Million Dollar Listing LA which the new season premieres uh, already at the moment in September. So if you are interested in in real estate and shows like this, you can go and definitely check it out. I'm sure you can find it if you are in Sydney, Australia, online somewhere. But my guest today is none other than Tracy Tudor. Now, for those of you that don't know who she is, she's a Wall Street Journal bestselling author of the book, Fear is Just a Four-Letter Word. Uh, which sat on the list for over six weeks. The book is all about giving women the confidence to succeed, how to move fear aside and hold your own by standing in your truth. Uh, Tracy is a leader in her field and a fantastic person. She's smart, she's funny, and she's also engaging, which I know you guys are going to get from this conversation. In Tracy's own words, her book, Fear is Just a Four-Letter Word, is full of small changes you can make that will put you in control not fear. It is designed with practical advice to demystify the actions of confident women like herself to help you find success controlling rooms your own way. If you are interested in reading the book, you can go and get a copy right now. All links are in the show notes below. And by the way, it's not just for women, it's also for men too, because fear affects each and every one of us, regardless of your gender. All right, my friends, please, if you get something from this conversation, share it around to your friends and family. Let everyone know about this one. Before you go, I would greatly appreciate it if you guys could leave a rating and review over on Apple Podcasts and make sure to subscribe before you go. We do appreciate each and every one of you once again. All right, my friends, you know what time it is. It's time to kick fear in the butt 
and journey with me into this story box today as we listen, learn, and grow from the incredible wisdom, advice, and story of none other than Tracy Judah. Thanks, Jay. Thanks for having me. That was a really nice introduction. Well, I could have gone on and on and on because you've got a massive, massive bio, which I honestly love. You've done amazing things in your life, which is incredible. I feel like I got I got a lot of things I do want to ask you. The very first thing, though, that I do want to ask you is, what does success look like for you? Well, for me, I think it's, you know, everybody has a different version of what makes them happy and i.e. what makes them successful. For me, it's a blend of all things, meaning spending time with my family, um, having obviously success in the business that I've been in for 21 years and also enjoying my friends and traveling. Um, It's like, it's all encompassing for me. I think I could focus solely on real estate and probably make three times what I'm making now. Mm. Um, the question is, would I be able to enjoy it? So to me, that's um, not something that I'm prepared to do. I don't want to sacrifice living and enjoying my life for the sake of um, some monetary gain. While it's incredible and I'm happy to have success, it's not the only thing I'm looking for. How did you come to this understanding of what success is for you? Has it been this gradual thing over over your life or was it more of a catalyst moment somewhere? I don't think, I think it is sort of something that I've, I've always known about myself. Um, it's never solely been about success in business for me. It's always been about having a well-rounded life and being able to enjoy the fruits of your labor and also your family and your friends, because what, what is it all for if you're just working to leave some sort of legacy behind that really, um, at the end of the day, if you were only here in one capacity, what kind of legacy is that? Yeah, very true. You kind of uh, got to the end of my, my last question is towards legacy. <laughs> so I'm curious to hear your response to it, but how did this all start for you? Did you always want to be in the real estate field? No, definitely not. Um, I started as um, an actor. I, I was, I grew up dancing and uh, acting and just being sort of a creative type. It was something that I was really passionate about when I was younger, when I was my kid's age. And um, that sort of morphed into me going to study at USC Uh, undergrad in in the theater program there. And so I spent the better part of my four years there studying theater. And I graduated from USC with the intent of sort of moving forward and continuing my acting career. I think the, the interesting piece about, you know, being an actor and particularly living in Hollywood and sort of that entire grind and show business is that didn't really need to go to USC to figure that piece out. I really, um, you know, could have been auditioning long before that, but I wanted to have an education. And so once I got out of school, I was going out on auditions. I was waiting tables. It was such a grind. And I was striving to sort of be this actor who was working. I I never had a craving to be famous. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to be a working actor. And I had a moment where a girlfriend came to me and she was like, God, I'm recognizing that it really is just about show business and it's less about the craft. And we grew up sort of embracing the craft and it's not about, that's not what it is anymore. It's a business truly. And I was like, Oh, so I was like 22 
And I said, I really, I have to sort something out. And my girlfriend said to me, why don't you try real estate? I mean, you grew up here, you know, people, this is your landscape, you understand it. And so that's actually what happened. I got my real estate license and started practicing. That's a, I can relate to a little bit of that in more, more the fashion of, I wanted to be a filmmaker. Life didn't really work out the way I wanted it to work out. And I ended up myself in real estate. I believe I was 23. Yeah, I think that's right. (laughs) Uh, And I had no idea what I was doing as a 23 year old in this massive field of real estate, uh, selling houses and actually speaking to people. Did you find that when you first started that it came naturally to you or was it more or less like a struggle? I think it came more naturally to me because I think ultimately I spent the better part of my childhood and, and college experience studying how to sell myself. So, you know, being an actor, it's why do most failed actors end up in real estate? Big shock. Um, I, I think that piece came more naturally to me. I was comfortable in that universe. Um, I think, you know, obviously I had some learning to do and I had to get my feet really wet and, you know, learn the back end of what this business is really all about. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, you can study as many books as you want about real estate and, and get a law degree and understand the ins and outs of what it's really about. But if you can't sell yourself or a house, then don't bother. Yeah. Do you think that sales can be really taught to someone or do you think it's better to come naturally? I think people are gifted with certain things and, Um, you know, if you are, if you don't have the gift of sales or the gift of being able to walk into a room and, and own it, that piece can be taught. I think it takes time. And if you're not an extrovert, it can be difficult. Um, but you know, where you lack, I think, um, you can always fill those voids with people that fill the areas that you are not necessarily is good at. So for me, you know, I recognized that as I got busier, the back end of the business was a challenge for me to keep up with monitoring the clients, making sure that we were touching those people, you know, three times a year that we sold a house to five years ago. Um, I didn't have the time for that as my business became more successful. And I, and I realized that I really needed to have a back end and a team supporting me in that way, which obviously I had to come out of pocket for, which is a very scary thing, but life is about taking risks. And if you don't take them, you're never going to, you know, you're never going to know what the other side might look like. I want to get to the taking risks and failures and all that stuff in just a moment, because you you do have an amazing book, Fear is Just a Four Letter Word, but you mentioned something that was very interesting about walking into a room and owning the room. What does that actually mean? And how does someone do that in the first place? Well, I think it all starts with self-confidence, right? Um, You have to be comfortable in your own skin. You have to be comfortable speaking up in rooms that um, might not be ready to hear your voice. Mm -hmm. I think it's about trusting your instincts. And, you know, normally when I walk into a room, I do my diligence ahead of time. I know who's going to be in that room so that I can get comfortable with my environment that I'm walking into, particularly in business but we're not always given that gift. And so for those moments that you actually don't have time to sort of prepare, maybe it's a social engagement or maybe it's a networking thing that you're not 
you know, terribly sure about who's going to be there. I think you just have to embrace what is authentically yourself and get comfortable with it. And if you're not comfortable with it, then that's really the work that you need to be doing. You need to be focused less on getting out and networking and focused on how the heck am I going to be confident enough and work on myself so that when I do walk in that room, I am prepared to walk up to you, Jay, and say, hey, it's really nice to meet you. I believe we have a podcast that we're talking about. It'd be nice to kind of talk to you in person before we sit down and actually do this podcast. I think it will make it much more interesting and compelling to know you on that level. And, you know, by connecting in that way, I think it makes people attracted to you because they're like, wow, she's really interested in what I have to say. Um, and, and that's, you know, we all ultimately just want to make a connection. And when you're insecure or uncomfortable in your environment or in your own skin, it makes it very difficult for you to connect with others because you're spinning right in your head about, you know, do I look good? Do I fit the part? Like, how is everybody staring at me? Like all of that crap and self and that negative talk that we, you know, often put on ourselves is, is really, truly unnecessary. And it's mostly our own inner negativity. And, you know, that it's, it's mostly that inner part of us convincing ourselves that we can't do it. And the truth is the work starts with you. Um, and then of course you should be able to enter the room and conquer the Forbes 500 guy, or, you know, anyone that is, a colleague of yours that you might be intimidated by. There's no reason for that as long as you present in a way that is authentic to who you are because anyone who tries to fake it, I see it a mile away and I'll call it like, if you're not, if you're not living in your own skin and you're trying to put on a show or some kind of act with me, I'm going to see right through it. And my guess is that most people that you come across are going to see it too. So why bother with it? Mm. I really don't like the saying, fake it till you make it. And I actually got told that saying so many times when I was in the business and I'm like, well, this isn't working for me because I just feel like I'm I'm getting stuck. I'm miserable and I don't feel like I'm being authentically myself. I'm just being what you are telling me to be and that is not real. So I don't like it. And sure, like I'm, I'm getting to the very top, but I just feel miserable at the end of the day. So for me, I, I wanted to be true to myself and not be an imposter, um, which you talk about uh, quite a bit, I believe in dealing with imposter syndrome. Has that ever happened for you? I I think it's happened um, to everyone, but to go back for a second, I used to use that term fake it until you make it a lot because Mm -hmm. when you're 22 years old, that's all you have. You don't have experience under your belt. You don't have the ability to have the same level of confidence as someone who has 21 years experience and a life in front of you. So to some, like in some regards and and agree, maybe dissecting that term is like where it really begins because, you know, on some level, there's things that you can do to present in a certain way that while it remains authentic to who you are, you know, you can certainly do your diligence. You can certainly say, hey, I know I'm going to be sitting down with, you know, these people who are both authors. And, you know, how would I dress to sit down with these two people? They're creative types. Well, I don't want to dress too stuffy. Um, or too provocative, they're a couple, or all of the above, right? Like, I think there is a certain 
there's certain, there's certain steps that you take, um, that I think go in line with the fake it until you make it thing. Mm -hmm. Um, but certainly it shouldn't be, you know, as it relates to your authenticity and to, you know, where you are in your career, we can only fake so much. Right. Um, but I, it's almost like a practice makes perfect. Mm. Yeah, I know what you mean. I think that in my work for some people, like I do know people that it has actually worked for, but it didn't really work for me. And I don't think that it should be the first and only thing that we say to someone like at all. Absolutely, I don't, I don't right. think that's what you were saying at all. Like, no, I a hundred percent agree with you. Yeah. I, I think it's just, um, it's, it's sort of like the, the general, it's, it's, it's a very general statement that I've said in the past that even just analyzing with you now, what, what it really means, it doesn't really cover everything. Um, and so by any sense of the word, there's probably a better way <laughs> to qualify it. But I will say that, you know, there is a certain, there's certain things that you can do when you are young, because there is, you know, if you act like you're young and stupid and know nothing and don't have an experience, but you're eager, it's just not enough. It's cutthroat out there. It's competitive as hell. And you have to be willing to like really get in the, into the thick of it. So, or you get crushed, right? Like that's the truth. So I think it's kind of a, a, a it's combining both concepts, the idea of fake it till you make it maybe meaning more of, you know, in order to even play in the realm of the success in the rooms that we're walking into today, I had to fake many things that I wasn't, you know, I, I wasn't, uh, I didn't have 20 years experience in real estate, but you better believe I knew what the people like perhaps owned in real estate in the room. I did my diligence. I knew they lived in Brett. You know, I'm using this as an example, but like I knew that they lived in Brettwood. I made sure I knew everything about that area or so that I could speak on something on a smaller scale that made me comfortable. Mm. So um anywho, I think that that's um sort of a really big important point for someone who is in their early 20s or coming out of college and trying to find a way to feel confident walking into these bigger rooms that there's no universe in which you should feel comfortable but there's little things that you can do that will just give you a little bit of a leg up um and i think that's important when you're first starting out in business yeah. You have now over 20 years plus experience in this field. How have you, or even in the very beginning, how have you been able to, because I know that you did mention that it's cutthroat. How have you been able to pave the way into doing the things you are doing, being so successful in the field and then going on uh, season 12 of million dollar listing? Well, you know, they love to use the term overnight success. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, not, not so much. You know, I struggled. I paid my dues. And that's something that I think my generation was accustomed to doing. We were accustomed to working really hard. And with hard work and determination and right place, right time, you were eventually going to make it. Well, 
with a lot of hard work and grit and determination and finding this show that sort of helped propel my name into an arena that I certainly felt I belonged. Um, I, I think that that was a big piece of it for me. I, I, for everybody else out there, I think it's really important that people sort of embrace the right time and understanding where they, where they are in their career and being able to um, say, I'm not there yet. You know, Um, I struggled like hell to get to where I am today. And I'm not going to like put a fancy bow on it and say that it was anything else. Um, Mm. It was a lot of hard work to get here. And I think um, the generation now that's sort of coming into the workplace you know, everybody has a friend who was an overnight success, a crypto billionaire or an Instagram model or, you know, all of this shit where it's like, I don't know if it happened overnight for them, but I can tell you one thing without sort of understanding like how hard it was to achieve success in business and, and really the test of time. Um, those are the people that I admire. Those are the people that I have respect for. And um, it's a different world today. And I just hope that some of the younger audience listening thinks of those things because as fast as technology is moving and as much as the, um, the media is changing and shifts consistently and we're all sort of thrown for a loop, you could be making a million dollars. You know, everybody talks about, oh, I, I you know, I made $250,000 this month on Instagram. And it's like, well, Instagram is eventually going to be like kaput. Then what? So be smart about what's next. Think about your career path and where you are right now. You're so blessed to have. But if you don't start thinking about the trajectory and the journey and what your 10-year plan is and how you're going to get there, then you could be successful in one day and then broke a ship the next. Yep, you said it. I have a lot of respect for you, your work, everything that you have been saying on this episode. I'm really, really enjoying it. So thank you so much for sharing. I'm curious, Tracy, when in your life has has been the most vulnerable for you? Oh, that's easy. Uh, obviously when I started the show, I guess that would be four years ago. Now I got divorced at the end of my first, uh, season on the show. And I felt incredibly vulnerable. Um, you know, I just put myself out there after feeling like I had come into my own. I was 40 years old and I stood on my own two feet and I felt very much in my body. It just so happens that I went through the, one of the toughest things that I think any he goes through in their 30s or 40s and that was a divorce with two young children and um that struggle was very very real but you know i'm on the other side of it now and i have a great relationship with my daughters a good relationship with my ex-husband and i'm you know moving forward and it, and the light at the end of the tunnel is has is shining now you know i don't feel like it's a pinhole that's like <laughs> eight million miles away mm. Uh, yeah, I, I love that. Thank you for sharing that. And what do you love the most about yourself and your story? <laughs> what do 
love about myself? Um, you know, I think the one thing that I guess I respect about myself is that I've, I've sort of been unapologetically who I am, um, in the public eye, which hasn't always been easy. Um, but I told myself if I was going to be on television, that I was going to be who I am. And that was not going to win over every fan. I am not the girl next door. I never was. I'm the girl that lives down the street. That's a little edgier. (laughs) And, you know, I think that there's enough room for the girl next door and someone like me who, you know, again, might be a little, have a little bit more to say, um, there's room for all of us. And that's the one thing I think I'm most proud of, um, you know, sort of remaining in this fight, not only for like, you know, women in business, but being the only female on the, on the TV show, million dollar listing. And, you know, also, fighting to have a voice and, you know, being a female entrepreneur and fighting for other women. That's something that I'm incredibly proud of. Despite my, my crazy flaws, and I have many of them, I think that that sort of outshines all of them. Mm-hmm. Are you afraid of anything today? I'm afraid of everything. I wake up every single day. People are like, you wrote a book, fear is a four-letter word. Like how? And I'm like, I am scared every time I wake up that something something's going to fall from the sky and like crush me or my business is going to fall apart, or I'm going to, you know, break up with my boyfriend, or my kids are going to go down the wrong path. You know, we all have that, you know, it's every single day, but you just have to take it one day at a time and put one foot in front of the other and remind yourself that like, as long as you're living your truth, and for me and my kids, my truth, I've always stuck to, and I don't, I won't say that I've been the perfect mother by any shape of the world word, but I've always taken my own path and I've never let anyone else tell me how to parent, how to be in a relationship or a mother or a friend. And it served me really well. And I think it makes you maybe more accessible. And um, I think there's a connective tissue between sort of the audience and myself now because they've seen me be unapologetic. And by the way, take a lot of crap for it, but kind of come out the other side. And I think people connect to vulnerability. And by being more vulnerable, I'm sort of showing that not only am I a boss in business, but I'm also a lot of different things. I'm sensitive. I'm vulnerable. I get scared just like everybody else. Mm. Where can people find you, Tracy, connect with you and learn more about you before I ask my final question? Well, I am always on Instagram. I, I'm definitely on all social media channels and probably mostly on Instagram. Uh, so you can reach me at, at Tracy Tudor there. Also, um, tracytutor.com. If obviously you want to find me for real estate, either locally, internationally, um, just send me an email. Amazing. I'll make sure everyone knows where to find you. You're not hard to find at all, but uh, I'll make sure they know. (laughs) Google's your best friend in this scenario. Uh, Tracy, this is my all-time favorite question. I mentioned at the very beginning that it's had to do with a legacy question, but it's also strangely a leadership question, which I know you're going to enjoy. But uh, it's a hypothetical one, but I want you to imagine with me for a moment that you've been able to reach the age of 100. 
all your friends and your family have decided to put together a film for you of everything you've ever said and everything you've ever done. Don't ask me how in the world they got it all. I know we'll call it magic for sake of argument, but they've been able to get it and show it to you on your hundredth birthday. What do you want that film to say and to show about your life? That I was unapologetically who I am, you know, the good, bad, and the ugly. I think that video would include a heck of a lot of cursing, um, (laughs) a lot of laughter, a lot of taking chances, a lot of falling, but a lot of getting back up. Mm -hmm. Um, And to me, that tells a story and that journey is probably more interesting than just some sort of success story that is one note. Perfect send-off message. Tracy Tudor, I could speak to you for ages. I mean that. But thank you so much for your time today and for joining me on the Storybox podcast. Thanks, Jay. You're so sweet. I really don't like this part because it means that sadly we have come to an end of yet another story. I just want to say thank you to all of you for tuning in and listening to our guest today. It is my prayer that you would have felt inspired, motivated, challenged in some way, and that you would have learned something new as well. If you would like to hear more amazing stories like this one, you can do so now by searching up the story box on all podcast platforms. It is that easy. And if you did get something from today's guest, please do share it around with your friend or family member who you feel could benefit from hearing today's story. And before you go, I greatly appreciate it if you could spend 30 seconds leaving a rating review over on Apple Podcasts. It goes a long way to reaching more people and building this community of the Storybox. Let's start changing lives through powerful stories like this one you heard today. Your support is always greatly appreciated. Until next time, when we dive back into the Storybox, I'm Jay Phantom, and don't forget, your story is worth more than you know. I'll catch you then. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.